The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. Welcome to the Quirky Dog Podcast, inspired by some of the quirkiest dogs you can ever imagine and the owners who love them. This podcast is brought to you by the quirky couple themselves, Scott and Jess Williams. Their aim is to educate and entertain. Here's Scott and Jess. All right, we're trying to make sure we have sound. Hey, we do. All right, good. We're a little bit late throwing on our headsets. Welcome, guys. Happy Wednesday. We're coming to you live from Two Guys Smoke Shop in Salem, New Hampshire. And today we're going to talk all about doodles. I've titled this episode Doodle Diaries. But first, we're going to start with the quirky tip of the day. All right. And um, our quirky tip is if you want to get a doodle, get a damn doodle. I mean, we're all about it. Whatever you want, you do. However, I do want to say we're going to talk about a lot of different facets of doodles in the next half hour here and from both of our perspectives and everything else. Please recognize if you get a doodle and for the purposes of this podcast, a doodle is any breed mixed with anything poodle. If you get a doodle, it's coming with the genetics of both parents, okay? So I think sometimes when people are getting intentional mixes or, you know, doodles or hybrids, whatever you want to call it, they think, oh, it'll be the best of this breed and it'll be the best of this breed. But make sure you realize that whatever mix you're getting, it could be the worst traits of that breed mixed with the worst traits of that breed that come to your breed. So make a thoughtful choice in your doodling. All right. My my tip is... Don't hate the doodles, <laughs> create the doodles. Oh, that's a good one. I like that one. Good. We should have done the the whole episode titled that. So when do you remember first seeing doodles in business? Um, just almost as soon as I started, you know, back So in California, ago. you were having doodles? Yeah, I had a guy call me that had imported uh, two Labradoodles okay. from Australia. Yeah, so that's the thing. Yeah, I guess this Australian Labradoodle thing. Nice dogs. Um. Yeah, I guess the, the Golden Doodle supposedly started in like the late 60s. They were doing it for guide dogs. And then this Australian Labradoodle, I think it came in like the 80s, supposedly. And I think this guy even wrote a big sob story about his doodling. But his name was um, Conran. And yeah, I think... He, in, he was regretful. Yeah, he was regretful that he did it. And he says they're all neurotic because and everything all else the, right now. His con- his complaint was all the backyard uh, doodle... Yeah, and readers. you know, a lot of people, I, I don't know, I, I I don't mind the doodle situation. I just think you have to really be thoughtful of what you're getting. And they're big. Like, we just sent home two doodles, so this is part of the inspiration for this podcast. But Martin is big. Yeah, he's like a standard poodle. And he's so. eight months old. Yeah, and they have him cut like a standard poodle. God, everyone loved him at Home Most Depot. of the doodles I see are coming from a miniature or a medium poodle, and they're not yeah. big, large, tall dogs. Yeah, so like some people, if you're like an elderly couple and you're thinking that, you know, you want to get a, a dog and, you know, maybe you don't want the energy of a lab and maybe a doodle is a good thing. Make sure you're conscious of the size because I don't know if he's going to be full grown or not by now, but he's definitely as tall as Cousteau, which is Scott's Malinois. He was, you know, 50 pounds. He's a big dog for eight months old. So be oh. conscious of size if you're going to bring a doodle into your house for sure. One thing that's interesting is, <clears throat> excuse me, all these doodle mixes and I rarely see poodles. I yeah, don't see a lot true. of standard poodles that's out true. there. They're far and few between. Yeah. And I really don't see a lot of uh, miniature poodles either. Yeah, no, that is true. Well, one thing I actually went through and I did um, a bunch of research yesterday when uh, you were out on the road. So I did all of our data from 2011 until 2022. So how many contracts do you think we've had that have had some sort of doodle on them for the past 11 years? Probably 20%. 
Okay, so I don't know the percentage of it, but I there were 93 contracts out of the total contracts I counted. So probably, I'd say roughly, we do like 100, 150 contracts a year. So yeah. we did 93 um, contracts of doodles, and that was classes and boot camps. What I found interesting was... The majority of the people with doodles did a boot camp. So 68 of those 93 contracts with doodles actually did a boot camp, which could mean a lot of things, but normally it means the dog is a little bit more difficult. A lot of these contracts did a package of classes with Scott and then also did a boot camp. And a lot of these people had multiples. So like if it was a cavapoo, we were doing two cavapoos at once for boot camp, or it was a family that had, you know, three poodles and, you know, poodle mixes and everything else. So it was interesting. And some of our biggest behavioral cases, to be honest, not trying to detract you from the breed, have been doodles, in my opinion. They have a lot of behavioral issues. Yes. And uh, I've always enjoyed them for the boarding and training because they are very difficult on the front end without training, and yet they train very well. So it's a very clear before and after picture where the dog was jumping on everybody and crazy, and now they're all dialed in and they're marching down the street and they're doing well. And they're normally pretty... pretty smart. They're pretty spunky, I'd say, especially if you're getting like the F1, which means you're breeding a purebred lab to a purebred poodle or a purebred golden retriever to a purebred poodle. And that's your F1 generation. They have a lot of spunk, a lot of chutzpah. They have a lot of characteristics of both of those breeds. And Scott's right. If they look crazy out of control, it's easy to be like, hey, look, he walks nicely on a loose leash now and the owners are thrilled. But also also their disposition overall is, I would say, nice. However, like that one with the grooming, we've had some nasty, nasty ones too. Oh, we've had a fair share of aggression out yeah, of doodles. Like for serious sure. aggression, not and, just um, a joke. I just printed out because, you know, I think of doodles, I think of golden doodles, labradoodles, bernadoodles are fairly, you know, getting to be more prevalent. But I don't think about all of the poodle mixes. So I typed into Google this morning just a list of doodle breeds. And I got like 20, 20 plus. Uh, breed you know mixes here and uh the one that really popped out because you know like multi poos and these little things to me i, I don't know we've but, done a lot of those they're yeah, on my yeah. list <laughs> yeah maltese poodle we've done quite a few of those but contracts the one that really that i put a star beside was the woodle yes that is <laughs> that is the woodle is a warning poodle a doodle. That, that's the wheaton uh terrier poodle mix. yeah the, wo- and the woodle is a warning every time we get a woodle we know <laughs> It's going to be some issues here. There's a Woodle alert for sure. No. And that's another thing. That's why I'm saying be conscious if you're going to get a doodle, be conscious of both parents. So the Burn Doodle is the Bernese Mountain Dog Cross with the Poodle. They're doing Saint Burn Doodles now, which is a Saint Bernard crossed with a Poodle. I haven't either, but I saw it on Facebook. If it's working, great. Like, do it up. If it's working for you, awesome. But ideally, there's a litter of this cross on the ground from the people that you're getting the breed from. You can talk to other owners that own those puppies. Maybe you could meet those puppies. Ideally, you can meet the parents. Like, there is a line here where it's like, all right, we got a little crazy with the doodle stuff. And I'm glad you did print that list out because I probably have... I don't know, 12 different breeds that came up within contracts with us. And let me tell you guys, this is not all encompassing because if Scott's just doing an eval for someone and they don't buy, there's not going to be a contract. So it's, we've touched way more than almost a hundred doodles over the past 10 years together. Some people just wrote on the contracts mix or mutt or something. So it could have been mixed with a doodle. And then of course you get your like lab mix, golden mix and everything else. But I found this interesting, the numbers and be be mindful that this is going to ebb and flow with our business also, right? So when we have our biggest doodle numbers, we're also doing our highest volume of business. But to break that apart and 
2011, we only did one doodle. It was a golden doodle in classes. In 2012, we did three. Um, two labradoodles, one golden doodle, all boot camps. And, am I okay? Okay. In 2013, um, we did 16. Am I still good? Okay. What do you feel Sorry. like? Sorry. Yeah, my, oh. my, my audio is so-so. Okay. In 2013, we did 16. Um, we did cavapoos, cockapoos, golden doodles, mini golden doodles, labradoodles. And then we did a schnoodle with classes on top of that. I'll just say the numbers because I just found it to be interesting. In 2014, we did a total of nine. In 2015, we did a total of eight. In 2016, we did a total of 10. In 2017, we did a total of 11. 2018, 11. 2019, seven, and then we're doing less dogs in general. So 2020 was three, 2021 was seven, 2022 was seven. But pretty consistently, we're seeing a lot of different doodles. One trend that I saw that was interesting to me is we have not seen a Labradoodle in three years. And I don't know if that's because that they're not breeding as many Labradoodles. I don't know if Golden Doodles are just more the situation that we're going to. But there has not been a contract in over three years that said Labradoodle. So I found that to be interesting. That's definitely a change when we had a lot of Labradoodles early on. Maybe they're better behaved now. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure what it is. And then the mini like Burn Doodles or the mini Mm. Golden Doodles compared to the Doodles, it's important to note the difference and keep those record of those things too, because it's good to know, okay, maybe the minis have some more behavioral issues. The minis are naughty. We've gotten some naughty mini doodles. Yeah, and I was thinking again <laughs> about the Labradoodle and not seeing them as frequently. It could be because people like unique, special yeah, dogs. Theoretically. So now everyone's got Labradoodles. So I don't want a Labradoodle anymore. What the hell else? What do they make that's really unusual? Yeah, let's that is a, true. Let's get a lion doodle. No, it is true. People do like this uniqueness and yeah. everything else. And even that, like, if you want to break down some of what these breeds were, the Australian Labradoodle that Scott talked about that he saw, you know, out in California, they're also calling that the Cobber dog now. You know, they're making this, like, dog that's oh. kind of just a very um, good pet, I guess, is the thought process of it. Scott mentioned the Maltipoo. That's a Maltese poodle. The schnoodle is a schnauzer poodle. The shit poo. I mean, I'm sorry if you're going to be getting a dog that shit and poo is in it. Shits, uh, to me, it's odd. Some people write shit tzu poodle, but shit poo is the breed. That's a shit tzu poodle. Sheep doodle is an old English sheep dog poodle. The woodle Scott mentioned, and no offense to you guys out there, like we love working with I'm the sure dogs. There's great woodles somewhere. Yeah, and the Wheatons are a lot to deal with, and the poodles can be a strong breed. The woodle, it's a warning. Be careful. The Irish doodle is an Irish setter doodle. And again, that's why I'm saying look at the parents. Irish setters are more prone to anxiety. They're more prone to certain breed traits. That may be what's passed down to that doodle versus something else. Yorkie poos are a big one. Um, Cavapoos, which is Cavalier King Charles poodle, and then a cockapoo. So a cocker spaniel mix of the poodle. So these are all doodles that were literally on contracts. And I went through my PTSD of doing 11 years of looking at contracts because contracts always spark taxes and taxes are stressful. But literally, like we've seen a lot of this kind of stuff over the years. And to me, nothing specifically stands out. They're just like any other dog, frankly, I would say. Well, with the exception of the coat. The yes, coat is a that's big a good issue. one. Yes. I mean, if you're going to get a, any type of a, a doodle, you need to be really, it's almost a health issue. You have to get this dog brushed out and groomed at least monthly because... Otherwise, you have to like actually peel the entire getting, coat off. You're getting a, a double coat and a single coat. You're getting all these weird coat combinations. And then this dog you have may have a little bit of a unique coat, but it's a it's a problematic coat at best. It's something that is high maintenance. Yeah. So if it's if it looks like a Rastafarian, <laughs> it may look cool, but it's you a get, lot if, of if you don't keep it up, yeah. yeah, there's moisture getting caught up under that coat. It's getting all knotted and 
you know, it's just a mess yeah. if you don't keep it up. No, you know? it's true. And, you know, some people like the longer doodle coat. No offense to that. That's awesome if you like that. But you have to brush that. Like, you have to keep that up. Sometimes if that dog gets groomed professionally, it's going to look like, you know, it got electrocuted in a sense. Like, it just is really puffy for a few days. Be mindful of grooming. And everybody is judging breeders for everything out there right now on the internet. And that's not what this podcast is about. But a lot of people are like, oh, as long as the doodle is health tested. I can guarantee you that most doodles that we see for training have not had any genetic testing, have not had their hips done, anything else, their parents, everything. I don't know. I guess people are health testing for doodles. That's great. One criteria I would say to have is if you are selling doodles of any sort, please have your owners with a groomer lined up. So like literally like a doodle proficient groomer where like, yeah, you can totally have a puppy. I don't care if you have a, you know, fenced in yard or not. You're a great fit. Okay. Your check went through. Who is your groomer going to be? Prep your owners that grooming is going to be a part of their lives because it just is. Or just start really working on them as a puppy and maintain that. But it's a lot of maintenance. I mean, Max, and Scott says like the Rastafarian doodle, we have a a rescue Max who does have definite doodle in him and his coat is not easy. He has to get groomed every six weeks. It takes a lot of maintenance with brushing. Most groomers just want to shave them. It's a lot of upkeep that I can't really personally do, I don't think. No, the one that just went home that we just had in for training. With the poodle cut. He had a poodle cut, Mm -hmm. which... I don't like a poodle cup, but it's low maintenance. Yeah, and I suspect true. they'll probably let it grow out over the winter because yeah. the dog's going to be cold or they yeah. put a jacket on him <laughs> or something. I miss him. But yeah, I mean, a poodle cut, at least it's low maintenance and it's not unhealthy. Or just whatever you, whatever's working for you and your groomer, but please don't let the doodle go a whole year and not deal with it at all. And then you're kind of in a heap of trouble and everything else. All right, we're going to go to break super quick. And when we get back, we're going to unhash the doodle a little more. Want to keep up with all the latest from the Quirky Dog Podcast like me and Murphy here? Then make sure you head on over to the YouTube channel and subscribe. Or if you prefer to listen to the madness, go on over to iTunes or Spotify and follow the Quirky Dog Podcast. And hey, while you're there, leave a rating and review and let them know what you think of the show. Until then, keep it quirky. Can we uh, touch base on the woodles again? Before yeah, we... let's woodle it up. I just wanted to you know, say that I don't have woodle prejudice. <laughs> But Wheaton Terriers are a lot of dog. You know, mm-hmm. they're a strong breed, and that doesn't mean they can't be a great companion, but they're not a, they're type, not a good family they're not dog. The type of dog that you can just have as part of the family without yeah. training and without yeah. really holding them accountable to some criteria, yeah. just yeah. some basic level of, you know, social stuff, you know, yeah. and uh, they're pushy and they can sway towards aggression really quick. Yeah. You know, the Wheaton Terrier. And I say that because I've just seen we dozens see all of the them. Time. Dozens. Yeah. It's not like, oh, I, saw, I worked with one once and it was yeah. terrible. Yeah. We've had, I've had people bring in Wheatons <laughs> yeah. that they got from a rescue that I said, bring this dog back. They're bringing it to me for an evaluation yeah. to see if they're going to keep it. I tell them, don't keep it. This dog is a problem. Yeah. Oh and no, we love him. We're going to keep him. And sure enough, they had huge it's, problems. It's an issue. Yeah, no, it's true. I would say some of our most serious aggression has been from that. And then also, if you have them and they're sweet, like we've had some with good dispositions, we're so, not shitting on you. But no, getting don't... back. So getting back to the Woodle yeah. mix, I have not seen huge aggression out of Woodles, but they are Strong just... Strong wills. Yeah, and they're just like, make me. <laughs> like they, they know what to do. And then they're like, yeah, fuck you, make they me. They have a little Belgian Malinois in them. They no. look at you like, yeah. There has been some leash reactivity, but... For yeah. the most part, it's like with the come command. They'll, they'll work great with someone that's working with them. Yeah. And 
But if you give them some freedom, they're like, no, I don't think I'm going to come today. And I think they're just more strong-willed, really. The Wheatons are just more of a strong-willed dog. And, you know, this is saying also, Scott says we don't do a lot of poodles. I think there are probably around a dozen poodles in the contracts over the last 11 years or so. We do a good number of labs. We do a good number of Goldens. Like dozens and dozens of these breeds per year. So we're very familiar with the characteristics of these breeds, right? So if you're going to get a doodle... Get a doodle from breeders that people in your neighborhood got a doodle from. You've seen the dogs. You like the dogs. The process went well. You've seen some of these dogs live until the late, you know, late years, maybe early teens, maybe mid-teens. Go with something that works. And the marketing of doodles, you guys, holy cannoli. I barely could come up with a topic, like a, a title for this episode, because Oodles of Doodles is a breeder. Yankee Doodles is a breeder. Like at Doodles Galore, like everything is something because Doodles is a big, oh, people are searching for Doodles. Let's be the best one. If it feels good in your gut, if you can go there and meet the parents, if you've heard good things about them, go for it. But realize that it's not just this magical dog. It's still a dog with characteristics well, that are going to be tricky to train. It can't be magical if you buy it pre-trained. <laughs> if you get it. a puppy don't that start. comes fully trained, because <laughs> that's a... We've done a podcast a on that. You know where we stand on that. <laughs> no, but any any puppy, regardless of... you, If you have a four-month-old puppy and you bring him to us and we run him through boot camp and he goes home doing some solid basic obedience... That doesn't mean that's going to stick now if you don't maintain it with a, such a young dog because you still have the maturity issue. They still have to, you know, they're going to be subject to that immaturity of chasing a butterfly, something that pops in their head as a four-month-old yeah. puppy. No, it's So you got to just, I mean, it's a great to have a good solid foundation, but then keep it up, keep it up until I wouldn't start backing off on training until... The dog is close to two years old. Just like any other breed. You're going to treat it like a normal dog. It's not some special breed. And this hypoallergenic situation, I just want to touch on this. So I ironically am pretty allergic to dogs. I've dealt with it most of my life. But my childhood allergy testing, I was a three out of a four. The scale was a four. I was four, four for cats, three out of a four for dogs. I have just as much activity going on for me when I'm bathing a doodle as I do any other dog of any other breed with hair and dander and everything else. So this hypoallergenic situation, yes, I understand that the coats may trigger less allergies in kids or something else. They also can store a lot of things. They also can store a lot of dust. They're still dander. Like, don't just think, oh, it's going to be this magic dog that no one will ever sneeze when they come over to visit because all dogs have dander. Like, that's just the bottom line. We have to be very, like, honest with ourselves as far as the hypoallergenic aspect of doodles as well, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I think if you're an adult and you get one for yourself because of the hypoallergenic issue, there may be a little bit of a psychosomatic yeah, thing where now you don't, you yeah. don't get an allergy yeah, because you've yeah. paid for yeah, a like, dog yeah, that supposedly yeah. isn't going to... Yeah. But with young kids that are getting triggered by that kind of stuff, uh, I've seen they're, they're getting triggered by the... The golden doodles, yeah, are just just, as, the same. just as frequently. So just be just be conscious of that aspect. And keeping of it. them bathed, because as Jess said, she has a lot of allergies with the dogs. As long as we keep our household of dogs bathed on a three week to a month uh, basis, Jess has no problems. Yeah. But if we get busy because we got so much uh, business dogs we're dealing with, and our dogs go maybe six weeks. Then all of a sudden her eyes are all swelled up and she's getting into a big problem. You yeah. Know? So just be just be conscious of what you're getting yourself into. And some of these doodle breeders are like very like extreme and very elitist. So if you're signing a contract for getting a doodle, signing a contract for getting a puppy, it's pretty common these days. 
We honestly had a woman, it was a client in Newburyport before we moved to Maine. The breeder was going to sue her for $25,000 if the dog wasn't spayed by the time it was like six months. Like that to me is pretty extreme. Like, you know, I understand preserving your lines and everything else, but if there are these types of extremes for a pet dog, I mean, yes, I get it. You know, the show line, you know, German Shepherd or the Westminster winners. Yes, of course. Like these genetics, if you're signing a contract for a pet dog and you're going to have some sort of like, you know, that type of lawsuit for not spaying your dog within the first year of its life, that to me is a little extreme. So make sure that it feels right. The process feels right. It doesn't seem so cumbersome. It doesn't seem like, you know, you're freaking trying to buy a kidney for yourself. Yeah. And getting back to that, I was thinking about our dog lawyer who came in. Yeah. Who said he had an issue with that from a legal perspective. Because once you buy something, it is yours. Mm-hmm. They cannot control what you're doing with your dog yeah. after you've paid and on it. But then, you know, like I've always respected those contracts. And I, because I respect the breeders that I purchase from. So I'm not only buying a dog from a breeder. I'm buying into a relationship, not only professional, but ongoing. Yeah. Uh, some, you know, someone well, I can and call maybe- and something's up. Because the breeder, a good breeder, if there's a health issue... They're the first ones to say, hey, you know, I'll exchange that dog with you. And they want to know about it, for sure. Yeah, they're not going to repeat that breeding again if they see three of the uh, the puppies out of a certain new breeding that they did had some type of issue they didn't like. They're not going to do that again. You know, those kind of things. Yeah, no. And and maybe, who knows, maybe that person was like on a co-owned type of situation and she had to own the dog outright by getting it spayed. I'm not sure what the things are, but it shouldn't be like... You know, you're buying a house to buy a doodle. Make sure it doesn't seem so cumbersome and so like, you know, out of left field. This is crazy. This is a lot. And really overall, just know that a doodle sounds great and it it has maybe been great for a lot of people and everything else. But is it what you want? Is it what your family wants? What energy level do you want? If you want a lazy dog that really doesn't want to be that active, get a lazier dog. Doodles aren't lazy. They have a lot of drive. They're running. They're chasing the kids. They're biting at the snowsuits. They have a lot of energy to them. They want to go to the beach. They want to play. Art's doodle was amazing. I had a student, um, you know, he did amazing disc with the dog, brought him to the beach, playing frisbee, you know, just a pet doodle. But they like a job. They like more than just maybe walking around, you know, the block for a mile a day, and then they just lay around. That's not necessarily a doodle. So make sure the size fits into the family and the character. I have to say Art's dog was amazing because yeah. Art, because Art was amazing. <laughs> he was. That's true. I mean, he, he put a lot he of was. training yeah, into the he really dog. He had hard. a great time yeah. and a great relationship with the yeah. dog. And that dog was becoming a little problematic when Art was yeah. no longer with us. Yeah. No, it's true. And, so, and doodles take a, quite a bit of work. Like, that is a real specific situation that you have to realize. Like, it, it, temperament-wise, grooming-wise, any dog takes work, but a doodle isn't necessarily going to make the dog... Um, journey easier. I guess I want to make that point. Yeah. And I think it gets back to most people buy a doodle because they say the hypoallergenic is one of the factors, but it's the cuteness factor is why most people buy these dogs is because they look cool. And that's why people buy woodles. People don't know what what they're getting into when they buy a woodle. That's why people buy Wheatons. Wheatons are very attractive. They're really cool looking dogs, but they're a really cool looking monster sometimes, you know? (laughs) No, it's true. And you know, a lot of these terrier mixes with the poodles. Um, so like the Westie Poo is one. Obviously, the Woodle is one. Um, you know, when you're mixing these actual terrier breeds 
with the poodles. Terriers take on their whole own personality, right? We did a whole podcast on just terriers alone. And poodles are not just like show ponies marching around, perfect little angels, never doing anything wrong. Poodles have reactivity. They're nervy dogs. Yes, they can have aggression. They're incredibly intelligent. Anything that's intelligent, if you've been listening to the show for any amount of time, you know anything with intelligence may be prone to having more problems. They may be more of an overthinker. They may be more reactive. They may be more this, that, and the other. So be conscious of what you're mixing together. A terrier is a lot. If you have a strong poodle, you're going to have a strong mix. And these dogs are not just like, oh, yeah, it's a doodle. It's going to be great. Just as much aggression, just as much as any other breed. They're the same as all breeds. Maybe that's why the Labradoodle was such a good mix, because the Lab is like the antithesis Mm -hmm. of the Poodle. So you get the intelligence of the Poodle, but you get the more laid-back, happy-go-lucky temperament of the lab. And I don't know. Mm-hmm. I Maybe if you guys are still doing a lot of Labradoodles, write me at studio at thecorkydog.com. Maybe this is just a weird thing in New England. But this data that I collected just from contracts, and again, it's not necessarily all-encompassing, but it's over 11 years of places all over New England. We're not just talking about one vet clinic or one city. We're talking about a lot of different cities in New Hampshire, a lot of different cities in Maine, a lot of different cities in Massachusetts, a lot of different sample sizes of people over the course of a lot of years. So we've seen a lot of this kind of stuff. And I do want to bring up this like hybrid vigor point that we talk about when you're mixing two different breeds together. And there's truth to that. Anyone who's going to say that there isn't truth to that, I I don't know how you can argue that point. If you're going to take something of good genetics and mix it with something else of good genetics and you're bringing a larger gene pool together, you are going to get this sort of hybrid vigor in a sense. So be conscious of shitting on everybody that's like, oh, just get a purebred lab. If we were breeding the amount of labs and goldens that we were breeding as doodles, I don't even know what those breeds would look like anymore. That That is not a, a, a good gene pool to be pulling from, in my opinion. I just want to say, if, you're, if you own a really nice standard poodle female, my Malinois. Oh, stop I it. I start, think they do Malindoodles I, now. Nope, not I on can't the list. Even, it, I want to have a very good looking <laughs> attack dog that no one's afraid of. Kind we of don't, a, we don't want to breed custodian poodle. Don't worry. <laughs> but it really, you guys like it, it's, it's the same journey, right? We're talking at least a decade of your life, a lot of health problems. You could have more ear type of issues. They could have more eye type of issues. You could have some more autoimmune issues. And just because you love the color, Make sure that the gene pool supports the color. The apricots and the really light ones and all this stuff, people really get really focused on that and hyper-focused on that. If you're going to bring a dog into your family, you want to get the healthiest dog possible and don't get so hyper-focused on color and everything else. Temperament is most important and um, just health of the dog overall. Overall immune system health, have the parents lived a long, healthy life, have other siblings that have been, you know, born from this cross, been somewhat healthy dogs, do your research on that front. It's tough. With any, with any puppy you get, uh, you know, getting the dog um, checked out by a vet immediately is important. Make yes. sure that the puppy is healthy. And um, the problem is that people are so, as soon as the puppy is in their possession, they're attached. I mean, the attachment to a puppy, it doesn't It happens take... before they even see it. Half yeah. the time it's through pictures I mean, once... before they get it. Yeah, it, that puppy can be so friggin' sick and people are like, I have to get it back to health. I have to make it healthy again. And that's your choice if that's what you want to do. But, you know, it's, it's hard enough raising a healthy puppy and making, you know, doing all the right things all the time. Yeah. It's nice if you can start out with a, 
just a physically healthy puppy that doesn't have any genetic defects, if it's not supposed to have an underbite, then it shouldn't have an underbite. Yeah. Of course, when you get into these minis, these shit poos and cockapoos, <laughs> not, you know, then it's more likely to have the underbite. Flat-faced dogs. And maybe going with that doodle mix is helping to elongate that snout a little yeah, bit more. Yeah, just make sure the breeder is breeding for something specific, right? Like say, why are you breeding doodles? Why do you like the cross of these two genetics? And if that answer isn't for, oh, the dog structurally looks better. Oh, the temperaments are great with families. Oh, this, that, and the other. Maybe keep on going down the road. There's plenty of doodle breeders to buy from. <clears throat> and if you're a professional in the industry, we are professionals in the industry as podcasters and as dog trainers. We're not shitting on a breed of any sort. I'm sorry. Like maybe if they call you with like a cane corso or one of those like Turkish dogs that's like 400 pounds, maybe Scott will say like, oh, why did you decide to get that like dog or something? But we don't care what dog you got. We just want to help you. We want you to have whatever dog you have in your family be the freaking best family member it can be and live the healthiest life it can live for as long as possible. So if you're a trainer or a groomer, any groomer that shits on doodles. I don't know why you would shit on doodles because that's where all the big money is, is in doodles for sure. Um, a vet, anything. Don't be bashing a breed of any sort, right? Don't make people feel bad for what they got. They've made this choice. Now let's live with this choice and let's just make it the best possible thing we can make it because as trainers, we have no actual stance on doodles. We just have a stance on dogs that are going to kill us and dogs that we feel like we can work with safely. <laughs> Yeah, that's where I stand. From a training perspective, I've had great luck with just about every doodle that's walked through the door. Right? It, yeah, for they, sure. They don't all, and that's why we talk about woodles and some of these dogs. They that training doesn't always transfer to the owners yeah. because they're so smart. They know <laughs> the owner is not going to make me do crap. I'm not doing all this stuff, yeah. and and they're right half the time. Yeah. And that's the problem. They need to know when it's time to work. You got to work. That's yeah. all. So overall, I'd say the doodles have been a whopping success, but do your research. Any breed is going to be a commitment and make sure you're conscious of both breeds that are going into the dog. What I would say, say lastly, like if you have a neighbor that has a, a, a doodle, a golden doodle, labradoodle, whatever it is, and the dog is really great, you love the dog and you want to get one of them, then go through their breeder. And what happens quite often is they'll contact the breeder who's quite often legitimate, good yeah. breeder. This is and good they'll say, oh, it's going to be up. like a yes. six month to a year wait. Do the wait. So people just like immediately yeah. go to Pet Finder yeah. and find some Instant freaking Instant gratification. That I is, can't wait. That is, I need it now. That is the best advice possible. If you like it, get yes, on a list. Wait, get on a list and wait. If you like it and you want to commit to it, be willing to wait at least a year for what you want. That is a very good point. Because that's the same thing we do. Yeah. and that, We yeah. want a puppy. Yeah. We know. Go. It's no, not going to be. Yeah. It's yes. not going to be ready when yeah. we want it. Yeah. So we we pre-order. Pre-order yeah. your doodles. Just waited like three years before yeah. she got the puppy from the breeding that she wanted because yeah. it just wasn't going to be happening. And then when it happened, finally she was able to get what she wanted. Yeah, that is a good point. If you get a recommendation and it's going to be a wait. That's the universe saying, wait, it'll be better for you to get a dog in six Let months. Let the kids get a little bit older yes. in the meantime. Yes, and start de dealing with responsibility. Let's get a crate for the puppy that we're going to get. Let's practice what we're going to do at dinner with feeding time. That is a great point because that is what everybody does. I got a doodle because my neighbor had one, but the breeder said it would be eight to 14 months and I couldn't wait. Just wait. Just wait. No more instant gratification, America. We got a man up. All right, you guys. It was good talking doodles with you. Um, we have some very exciting guests coming up for the rest of fall. And in the meantime, keep it quirky. Take See care, guys. See you guys later. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.